right, friends, are you ready to make a little bit of change in your home? And you're wondering what to do, what changes you should make. Here are five things to look around and see if maybe these are the things, the culprits, as I might call them, that could be bringing your room down, that could be making your room feel a little stale, a little sad, a little meh. Maybe if you added a little attention, spruced these items up, you would have a big change. And you might not want to throw the dynamite into your living room. Okay, I'm being dramatic. We know that sometimes Danny is dramatic. But every once in a while, you walk into your space and you think, I can't stand it. I cannot stand it. Instead of going right to Home Goods and buying all the things or going to Sherwood-Williams to get all the paint, start by thinking about these things. And maybe you still need to go to Home Goods. Maybe you still need to go to Sherwood-Williams. But identifying these things could be the culprit. And they are easy enough fixes. So here they are. Number one. Let's talk about your couch. Your couch, and not necessarily the couch itself, though we will get to that, but the things that are on your couch, the blankets and the pillows. Sometimes the things that bring down your couch are the things, or your room in general, are the things that are sitting out in plain view. Look at your blanket. How tattered or how caricatured are your blankets? Do you have blankets sitting on your sofa that are Blue's Clues or... Thomas. I don't even know any of the teeny tiny little characters anymore. My kids are (laughs) a little bit beyond that. But what are they? If they are caricatured or if they are really tattered and worn, even if you have animals and they have collected over the time, you know how they can kind of collect some of the animal hair and all of that. They get a little matted and worn. Swap those out and put something else in place. Doing that, adding some fresh new texture to your couch can make a world of difference. And if you love having that really snuggly, cozy Disney blanket for movie night, fantastic. Put it in a basket in a really convenient place in your living room so you can pull it out when you're ready to have the movie nights, but it gets tucked right back away. Easy peasy. The pillows, sometimes the thing that brings down your couch and your living room in general are having too flat of pillows. After a while, these guys need to be plumped up again. So filling your pillows with a filler that is that is new and plump, that might just be the ticket. Maybe you don't even need a new pillow cover. You just need a new insert. But speaking of pillows, this is a great opportunity for storytelling, a great opportunity for bringing in your personality, for giving a little bit of a peekaboo into the nuance of your design. This is an opportunity for texture, for warmth, for layers. This is an opportunity for playfulness or for tradition to speak. Whatever your aesthetic is, it's an opportunity. So don't miss it. Number two, your curtains or your lack of curtains. If you've been around for a while, you know that I am a huge fan of curtains. And if there are curtains sitting with bamboo shades, even better. Sometimes we're in a rental and we don't have bamboo shades. We just might have shades. But if you can add curtains on top of it, using the curtains as the nice layering touch on the edge of your window and use the shades as your light filtration, this creates depth and texture and warmth and it creates a cozy vibe without having to add very much. But here's the thing, curtains need to be hung correctly. And this leads me to number three. Have you ever done something truly amazing? 
that you can't stop gushing about, like that time you lost 20 pounds, or when you perfected the potato roll recipe passed down from your grandma, or maybe you nailed that presentation at work that took weeks to create. But when was the last time you gushed about your home? Probably not the last time you dusted, changed your light bulb, or took out the trash. Join me for a free live one-hour workshop where I teach you four steps to creating a home you can't stop gushing about. Mark your calendar for March 16th at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And don't worry, if you find yourself sitting in the line at the DMV, stuck in traffic, or teaching a room full of sweet first graders, I've got your back. Register for the workshop, and if you can make it, I would love to see your smiling face, but if you can't, I'll send you a replay. Things that are the wrong size. And the number one culprit in homes is curtains hung at the wrong length. Skip the over-the-counter or on-the-shelf curtains and opt for ones that you can purchase online or at stores where you know the length is correct. 84-inch curtains, which is the standard on-the-shelf curtain size, is most often too short. I can get away with one pair of 84-inch curtains in my playroom. This is my room upstairs where the ceiling is just a little bit lower, so I don't want to draw the eye up. I don't need to, but the only way I can get get away with these 84-inch curtains is because I have them sitting on a metal hoop with a clip, and so that adds about two inches to the curtains, making it just the right length. So think about that. Think about the length of your curtains or the absence of them. When we think about the wrong size of things, the other thing that can be bringing your room down is the wrong size of area rug or even the absence of an area rug. Area rugs are so critical for creating boundaries, for anchoring furniture to your space, for giving a soft, cozy feel, and creating this illusion that the items belong. They're not just floating in, in time and space sitting on your hard hard floor. Now, do you need an area rug on top of carpet? Nope, you absolutely don't. But if you, if you have furniture sitting just right on top of your linoleum or your hardwood floors, this could be an opportunity for creating an intentional space and warming it up at the same time. Oftentimes, though, our area rug is just a teeny tiny bit too small or sometimes just way too small. So how do you fix that or how do you know what size to get? The general rule, rule of thumb is to have your two front legs of all pieces of furniture sitting on top of your area rug. So if you're happy with the layout of where your living room furniture is, measure just right underneath the front two legs or even beyond but we don't want the back edges of the furniture to peekaboo on the outside. So measure just underneath the front legs, halfway underneath the chairs, halfway underneath the couch, and measure the, the area of that space, and that should be the size of your area rug. Now, if you need to adjust your chairs a couple inches and you have room for that, that's okay. But going bigger is better than going smaller. When we think about the wrong size, another culprit is artwork that is too small. Most often it is too small rather than too large, or sometimes it's the distance of where it is hung. So think about this. If you have a entryway table and you're wanting to have a piece of art sit above the entryway table or maybe even a mirror, 
the general rule of thumb is to have about two thirds the width of the piece of furniture. That should be the size of your artwork or your mirror. So over my piano, for example, my piano will say is 54 inches. I want to get about two thirds the width of that to be the maximum size of the artwork I have. It can be about two thirds to three quarters width of the piano. That is going to be the width of the artwork or the mirror that I would like in that space. That's going to be scaled proportionately to the piece of furniture underneath it. And then of course, adding layers on top of that, adding height and texture and creates a lot of depth. And when you can repeat elements, all the better. The third thing, are we on number three or are we on number four? I think we're on number four. The fourth thing that can be bringing your room down is too much stuff. And that can mean too much furniture. How many pieces of furniture do you have in your space? Is there walk room around each piece of furniture? Is there room for you to get to the coffee table or for you to easily get to the kitchen from the living room? But not just how much furniture you have, how much stuff do you have out and about? How many times do you have to move all of your things in order to create space for your guests to sit or move things off your dining room table in order to have dinner? Are you styling your home and does it look intentional and I don't want to say minimalistic because that's not everyone's style, but does it look merchandised? And there's a difference between merchandised and styled. So I want you to think about this. Think about that cute little boutique you went into last week. Or if you're not sure, if you don't usually go to a boutique, think about Hobby Lobby. Think about their center tables, the ones that have the art and the candles and all of the cute little picture frames and the greenery. That is merchandised. And that is meant to be so chock full for your senses so that you can gravitate towards color stories and different styles even so that you have options to purchase. But if you are decorating your mantle, we'll say, like you are merchandising a store, sometimes that's too much stuff. That's too much of a good thing. So can you reduce that by half? Sometimes, maybe even three quarters. And the fifth thing, I told you you didn't need to go to the paint store, but maybe you do. The fifth thing that could be bringing down your home is having rooms that don't have any continuity in color. So if you are walking from room to room to room and you see a red dining room and a green living room and a blue kitchen, what piece of continuity is connecting all of them together? This alone could be the culprit. Having a color palette that flows seamlessly from room to room, especially in open concept areas, is one of the easiest now, I say easiest with air quotes because it does, inc- does require painting and painting is work, but it can be one of the cheapest and easiest ways to create a cohesive looking home. And when you have that continuity of color, whether you're, you're choosing now to paint everything red or you're choosing now to have red repeated in each space, is going to create a flow that is natural for the way that your eyes move through your space, the way that you can naturally flow through your space. But when you are, when you're walking, even looking with your eyes from one vantage point, going from room to room to room and having different colors that dominate the space, 
that is different from one space to the next can be very jarring. So how do you have that continuity of color flowing throughout? All right, friends, those are five ways your home could be unintentionally bringing itself down. I hope that inspires you to think before you go and fill your cart full of all the home goods things or go and buy all the colors at Sherwin-Williams. And if you're going to be making any changes this week, I encourage you to come into the Facebook group and share with us, what are you changing? We'd love to see and love to be a part of that with you. And if you want help, it is not too late to sign up for the free live workshop, Four Ways to Create a Home That You Can't Stop Gushing About. That's happening this Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I'll leave the link so that you can register. I'll leave that link in the show notes and I will see you there. All right, friends, take care and I'll see you next time. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.